Well, good morning, my friends. It is a Tuesday morning, the 23rd. This is podcast number 423. Uh, grab your Bibles and grab your notepads, and let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, our memory verse. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman or a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. I pray that that scripture is becoming more familiar to you as we, you know, as we spend time studying the scripture, I, I purposely go over some verses that I think will really be helpful and uh, maybe that we can, uh, you know, put in our spiritual vocabulary um, so that we can help people, help people to realize that um, Christianity doesn't begin and end when we confess him as our Lord and Savior, the fact that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And at that moment, that's not the 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 ending of our growth in Christ, but till we continue to study the word. Um, we study the word with help from teachers, uh, our pastors, and and um, and we ask the Lord to to strengthen us. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher, and so before you study, you can ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. And that's one of His jobs. So, this morning, as we're in the Apostles' Creed, we want to talk about the Son, which I stated a few lessons ago that most of the Apostles' Creed is about Jesus Christ and about who He is who he was, who he always will be. Hebrews thirteen eight says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's look at uh, some scriptures that talk about um, talk about Jesus. Uh, these are scriptures that I've just kind of been looking at, and I wanted to kind of throw your way this morning. Write these down, and and um, you can look at them with me, but you can also write them down and look at them later. Philippians chapter two very familiar portion of scripture we've we look at Christ's example example of humility and what Paul is teaching here was the willingness of Christ to be humiliated if you will before he would be exalted um Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, underline Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So we look at Jesus and his humility here, and, and uh, maybe we don't understand where Jesus really came from. Maybe we believe what some people believe, that Jesus was just a man and got kind of trapped in circumstances. He was well-liked, he was charismatic, and people, uh, you know, tried to exalt him to something that wasn't his position to be exalted to. Well, I want you to turn to the book of John, the book of John, chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. We looked at his humility, and that's important, but what did he humble himself from? Where did he come from that caused him to um, cause this to be a humbling situation? 
Look at John 17, verses 1 through 5. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, underline that authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Glorified, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, listen to this. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I had with you before the world existed. Jesus was before the world existed. He was not a man caught up in some political movement to overthrow the Romans. He was not just a prophet who people looked to and said, wow, this is this guy's the latest and the greatest in the line of prophets. Now, turn back to John chapter 1. If you've been with me for any length of time, you know that John chapter 1 uh, is, is a go-to for me. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Sometimes we look at the word, word, and we think it's a book. But as you go on to see this, it, it, and read this, it says in verse 2, he, the word, was a he, in the beginning one with, uh, was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, the word being him, and without him, nothing was made that was made in him, the word was life, and the life was the light of men, and then we look down at verse 14, and we ask, who was that word? If it was a man, who was the word? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. So we see from those verses that John is telling us that the word being a man, the word was Christ. John chapter 1 verse 14, he wrapped himself in human flesh, not ceasing to be divine, but wrapping the covering of human flesh, that he might pay the price for mankind. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, a little sword drill this morning. I never apologize for that, because I want you to get used to the scripture. So we've looked at his humility, and we've looked at his glory, we've looked at his deity. Let's go to Colossians Chapter 1, you can hear me turning pages because I love to do these little sword drills myself and run through the scripture, not just have them all typed out. I'm not that organized. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, but I also want to do what you do. I want to flip through the pages like you're flipping through the pages. Colossians chapter 1, this is an important passage of scripture, these, these, these five, six verses. Verse 15 says, he, circle he, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Preeminent means that he surpasses all others. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Obviously, the the verses as we read them point to only one person. They point to Christ, the creator, and the reconciler to God. So he is the image of meaning that he is the exact image because he is equal with God. It is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is the ruler and authority over all things, and all things were placed under his feet. He's the head of the body. We know that, uh, which is the church. He is preeminent, means he's before all things. The fullness of God uh, is is dwells in him, meaning that he is perfectly divine, although wrapped in human flesh. And he also, through him, he reconciled you, us, you and I, because we were sinners in need of a Savior. Romans 3.10 says, none, there are none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, all the sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of that sin, what we get for sin is death. But the gift of God is is um, is grace through Jesus Christ. It's life, it's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And here we have that again in verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus Christ makes peace by the blood of the cross. So Jesus Christ came. He humbled himself even to the point of death, death on the cross. Before he had even died, he told the Father, I've, I've glorified you on the earth. I've told everyone about you. And now the word and your fame will spread throughout the earth. And so return to me the glory that I had with you before I came here, before the earth was created. So he is eternal. He had glory that he laid down. John 1 says he is deity. He's the word made flesh. And here we have in Colossians, we have him as the creator and also the reconciler. There had to be a bridge built back to God. Because of our sin. Because of our sin. I read those scriptures in Romans. Because of our sin, we're separated from God. And Christ came willing to die the death on the cross to be humiliated so that you and I could have a bridge back to God. Now let's look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, Christ... The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Write these two words down, transcendent, don't worry about the spelling, transcendent and imminent. Transcendent means far off, imminent means close by. Jesus would be called Emmanuel, which is God with us, not us with God, remember, but God came to us. So because of Jesus Christ, no longer is God just transcendent, meaning out there, which he is. But now because of Christ, 
being wrapped in human flesh, he becomes eminent. He becomes close to us. God with us. And that's important. As we close in on Christmas here in just a month, we realize that Christmas has become hijacked, really, and has become a point of just just gifts and lights and all of those things. And maybe through this COVID season, this last two years, we've understood really the truth about Christmas is the gathering together of family to worship and to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the one who came near. One last portion of scripture today, we'll go to Titus chapter 2, right after First and Second Timothy is the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2. Verses 11 through 14, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Jesus is our, not just our, the creator and not just our savior. All of those things obviously are important, but he's our blessed redeemer. He's also our blessed hope. This world is, is not giving us much hope, but it would never intended to be. If our hope is in this world, then we are, um, putting our hope in the wrong place. Our hope is in him. He will return to come back to get his church. That's good news. And we're supposed to encourage one another with these words. So Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared. Do you see that? It's like a storyline. Like a heading in a newspaper. For the grace of God has appeared. How has it appeared? bringing salvation for all people. Now, verse 11 does not um, does not tell us that everyone will be saved. What it tells us is that salvation is available to all, but not everyone will be saved. Training us to renounce ungodliness. So because salvation has appeared, we have a responsibility. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So while we're in this present age, although it offers us no hope, because of what Christ has applied to our lives, he's appropriated for us. And because he lives within us, because we've asked him to come into our hearts and to, to take over rule of the life that we've messed up, some of us worse than others, but all are sinners, right? Um, we are to live in passion, uh, without the worldly passion, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Why? Because we're an example to others. That in the midst of storm, in the midst of controversy, in the midst of hopelessness, we can provide hope. How do we provide hope? We live a life that draws people not to us, but draws people to Christ who has redeemed us. Verse 13, waiting, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of, uh, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice that he calls our Savior, Jesus Christ, God. And notice that it's we're waiting for his appearing. We're excited about that. Verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I don't know about you, but I'm not always zealous for good works. I wish I could say that I was. I wish I could tell you that that is the goal of my day every single day. But there are days where I'm very selfish. There are days where... I don't want to do much. There are days where I just want to kind of be left alone. I don't want to people, as I tell Janie. Today, I can't people. 
But then the phone rings and obviously you turn into pastoral mode or I turn into pastoral mode and I want to minister to people. And when the phone rings and there is a need, I I want to meet that need as much as possible. I want to, to encourage. I want to give a scripture. I want to give life. But the moment before the phone rang, I wasn't really interested. I was selfish. I was being Gary rather than being Pastor Gary or an instrument of God. And you have days like that too, I'm sure. Let me read this, and I think this is this is really good. It's out of the uh, my Bible. Paul bases his instruction on the appearance of God's grace, his compassion for the unworthy that brings salvation to all believers. His grace not only saves us from sin's penalty, but also teaches us to forsake sin and live godly lives as we anticipate the revelation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here, Paul calls Christ God, anticipating the divine human redeemer's glorious return brings joy. Our God and Savior Jesus voluntarily died to deliver us. In grateful response, we must forsake sin, relish the fact that we belong to him and obey him from the heart. Some teaching today on who Christ is. I hope it brings you great joy and satisfaction. I hope that it brings you great hope as we look for his coming and his appearing. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6 verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.